What's up, everybody? I'm Kyle Hamilton, All-American Safety for University of Notre Dame, and I just want to say thank you for tuning into the Full 10 Yards College Football Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Full 10 Yards College Football Podcast. We're back. Well, I am back. Kieran's been here the whole time. Holding on the fort last week, mate. You and Keith did a man- magnificent job. Uh, yeah, well done for that. Thank you for that. Uh, how's everything going? We'll get into that. We'll get into how it's going, mate. <laughs> it's tough, tough week. Tough week. Tough season. <laughs> oh, just... I am literally... I am in Espanol. The S is silent. <laughs> my life is just constant, like football right now. Besides, like the Patriots just beating the piss out of the Jets this weekend, and the yeah, Bengals it's winning. The Jet, it's the Jets, though, isn't it? Still an NFL defense. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know what it's I mean? Like, I mean, you know, we did damage to a, a very good team in a similar fashion last year in the, in the Chargers. Didn't want to well, bring well, up. well, <laughs> we'll see. Well, obviously, that's next week, isn't it? Next Sunday, we get that rematch. Yeah. So. We'll Collegiate see. athletics is just a, a source of agony for me the past two years. <laughs> well, to be fair, I mean, you know, we'll come on to that a little bit later on. Obviously, we've got some positive news because obviously you've got the Cincinnati angle as well to play, both in the NFL and in college football as well. So we'll get into we'll get into all that. But um, yeah, maybe we'll bring up a little bet because I think maybe it might be time to cash those chips in. Mate, you could have done it week three, I'm going to be honest with you. <laughs> we'll get into that. So where are we going to start then? You want to start with the positive, so you want to start with the negative, so you want to start with my games, your games, or the game that we all watched, or what? Uh, let's just get it out of the way early. <laughs> right, okay. So we've got L- obviously LSU, not, not having a great season, but we've also got some little bit of news that you want to tell us as well, haven't we? So go Yeah, per sources close to the team, by close to the team, I mean these men donate hundreds of thousands of dollars of their money to the team every year. Mm. Legally, I will add, um, the the coaching decision is now down to three guys: Cristobal, Mario. Is it Mario Cristobal? Mario, Mario Cristobal, yeah. Mel Tucker, and the king of Louisiana right now, Billy Napier. That's and how do you feel about uh, and- that then? Billy Napier is the front runner and I am very much okay with him because we know he can recruit. Now, the biggest thing Ed Ogeron brought to the program was being born and raised Louisiana. He could recruit people to the program. He's been saying to every single kid who still said, hey, I'm unsure on my decision. He said, no, go to LSU. And then there is talks of Coach O coming back in two years as a, like, helping with recruiting because that's Mm. what he's best at. And I I like all three coaches, uh, all three decisions. Um, Billy Napier is top of my list too. I just think he has something about him. He surrounds himself with strong staff, which is something Odron has never been able to do. He's never been good at the, the hiring and firing. Um, Mel Tucker has done a fantastic job at Michigan State. It, it, it's the Big Ten, so it's it's you know the weakest of the Power Five conferences. But he's done a very good job. And then, obviously, Cristobal with Oregon. I think you're more qualified probably to talk about his tenure there. But yeah, yeah they've had some big wins this season. And he can clearly recruit. So. Oh, absolutely. 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously, Mel Tucker went to uh, Michigan State from Colorado, which kind of is. I know that he's done well this season. His first season at Michigan State wasn't fantastic. His track record at Colorado was fine. Um, he jumped ship for a bigger contract. So, you know, maybe he's got his eyes on being ambitious and jumping up to maybe the SEC. So maybe that's why he's, he's got his hat in the ring there. I don't think that'd be a great hire. I think he'd be bottom of my list. I think, obviously, I mean, like you said, maybe bias and things like that, maybe because I'm more exposed to Mario Cristobal, being that I'm a big Pac-12 fan. Uh, I think he'd be the, the choice. Um, he would bring in, yeah, like you say, fantastic recruiting background and fantastic coaching background as well, both on the offensive line. And he's been able to surround himself with good staff. You know, Joe Moorhead, the, the offensive coordinator, is doing a fantastic job this year. Yeah, I was about to ask, how is, how is offense runs? Because... Right now, we have a little bit of a problem. We've got Max Johnson, who is a phenomenal quarterback, but he's obviously hurt. Garrett Nussmeyer is basically just a cannon strapped to legs and a torso. And then we've got Walker Howard, if he doesn't incoming. I praise my lucky stars that he doesn't. Uh, Walker Howard incoming, like the top quarterback in the nation, essentially, for 2023. Um, Do you think he is equipped to handle like young raw talent and just turn them into something like usable? Yeah, I think so. I think, you know, being on the West Coast, he goes into California. He gets a lot of guys from LA, you know, Kayvon Thibodeau for one, for example, just like, you know, the real top sort of echelon of that talent kind of is is willing to not go to USC, willing to not go to UCLA, stay in their hometown and go to Oregon, go to Eugene, not, you know, the bright lights of anywhere. You know, it's in the middle of nowhere in Oregon. And he's willing to get those players. And he obviously develops them as well. So, yeah, I think he can do that. Um, you, to your previous kind of question that you kind of alluded to about the offense, that's been a soil spot. Obviously, you know, when Justin Herbert was the quarterback there, um, it was an offensive coordinator almost every year, you know, and that's what it's been like in Cristobal's um, sort of tenure there. Um, Marcos Arroyo, who's now the UNLV coach, having a great year, by the way, 0-7, um, was a terrible offensive coordinator. He stunted Justin Herbert, and that is why people were so down on him. Um, whereas, obviously, you can see the talent he has got, and if he was unleashed that, you know, maybe Oregon would have won more than just a Rose Bowl. However, obviously, he's got Joel Moorhead, the ex-Mississippi State offensive coordinator, who's doing a great job. You know, it's very little talent in terms of top, top talent on the offense at Oregon at the minute, you know, very much so. Um, going right to the quarterback, who, you know, Anthony Brown is fine, but he's not a expansive and and skilled quarterback, sorry. So, yeah, he's doing the best job that he can with the with the talent that he's got. You know, Oregon tends to get a lot of defensive talent. That's where all their five stars come. You know, Noah Sewell, Justin Flo, Thibodeau himself. You know, and they've got a good secondary and have done for the whole time that, that he's been there. But offensively, they don't seem to get as much talent. You know, Justin himself was only a three-star, wasn't he? And he had, like, one offer from Power 5 being Oregon. So, yeah, they, they they need to up their game in that score. But defensively, you know, to LSU fans, that must be, like, music to your ears because, obviously, it's a defensive kind of programme. He he should be able to do the business. And, yeah, he should, he'd be a great coaching hire if, if it's got. Yeah, and it, here's the thing. If you're even a half-decent recruiter, you have a head start coming to LSU because a lot of other states, like, Texas, which is just, you know, ridiculous talent farm. But there's Texas, TCU, Texas A&M. It, uh, there's all these different programs that are actually mm. high-level programs competing for the top players. And then same when you go to Florida, you've got Florida, you've got uh, USF, you've got a bunch of schools there competing for this high-level talent. Uh, Miami, for example, as well. Uh, 
although they're not top in recent years and FSU still seems to get top recruits somehow. But when you go to Louisiana, sorry, Andy, and when you go to Louisiana, <laughs> it's just LSU. No one gives a shit about Tulane. No one wants to go play for the Raging Cajuns. LSU is a religion, so automatically any recruits who want to stay home, you've got you've got them. And uh, Louisiana just seems to churn out nothing but great tight ends, wide receivers, and DBs. So we're, we're sort of lucky um, in that respect. So if he can, if he's in the half decent recruiter, he's going to build a very very strong college football roster. So obviously, then switching over then to Bill Napier. Coming obviously from the Raging Cajuns, you've just said no one wants to play for. What makes him your favourite? Obviously, he's in state, he's done a great job there. You know, he's a small program in the Sun Belt who always seems to punch above the weight. But kind of what what's what's kind of making him your favourite? Three biggest things. Uh, first one is age. This is in no particular order. I'm just listed. He, he's young. He's like 42. Which mm. okay, yeah, he's significantly older than me and you, but to be a head coach in college football at that age is pretty impressive. I know we see guys coming into the league now who are like coaching jobs at like their mid to late thirties, but he's been a very good head coach for uh, Louisiana Raging Cajuns. He's, we see how well he's done. He's got an exceptional winning record. He's mm. done very well in the Sun Belt and he's recruited very, very well. It's hard to snatch recruits in the state of LA if they're higher than a free star when LSU is right there. So he's done a very, very good job recruiting. And I think his his players really like him and they really, really respect him. And you see that the way they play every weekend. They've they've gone out and played some tough games, but they give it all and play 100% to the whistle, no matter what the score is. We saw that. It was at Texas they played. Yeah, first game of the season. Yeah. Where they, man, they fought. That was a hell of a game. Um, yeah, if, if he can come... Look, we've got so much talent at LSU. I mean, look, Corey Kiner's the next guy up at running back. Nussmeyer, Johnson, Howard, all these guys, Dre Jenkins, Trey Palmer, Betch, I'm from Louisiana. There's all these great guys who we've got. If, if he can just... If these guys who are these, like, super highly touted prospects can play to their potential because they like the coach, play how, you know, Napier's guys play for him now, we're going to be one of the best teams in college football. Mm. Okay. So obviously we'll have to wait for that to kind of all develop and, you know, for the coaching high to happen. Are we thinking it's probably not going to happen until after the season, not going to announce them before Coach O goes, right? You will not hear anything and probably, probably until like either right before New York six, uh, New Year's Six Bowls or, or immediately after. And that mm. is yeah. 100% depending on where these three teams finish the season. Okay. So, yeah, so we kind of one, one to watch. Um, but, yeah, it's great to get that information and break and break that kind of news. Obviously, we'll put a tweet out in the morning because obviously that's when the podcast is going to come out on Tuesday morning. Uh, so we'll, we'll put something out alongside that as well. Switching back on into on the field, we'll kind of get a bit more negative now. Obviously, Ole Miss having the victory. Uh, how did this one go then in terms of LSU versus Ole Miss? Uh, I'm going to put it bluntly, we were shit. <laughs> okay. we, we came off such a high last week because we hate Florida. We just do. Yeah, Florida, Florida hate week is always in full effect. And, you know, we're 3-0 against them in the last three years. They're the garbage team that we hate. Um, 
Oh, piss. This was a big game. Eli was there. Arch was there. Arch was there. <laughs> he was. This, it, it yeah, was yeah, no, no, I know, I know. I know. What, is... I'm, what, what I'm laughing at is obviously because uh, I think it was a few weeks ago. Did I, did I mention something like throwing it out there as a little bit of a joke? Like, oh, Arch will come in and save, save the day in 2024 or whatever it is. And he watched you, you know, he watched you and uh, probably isn't going to go to LSU now. Watch the coaching staff that isn't going to be there in two years when true, he, true, he true. comes. So I think, I think, we, I think we'll go out and uh, try and lead him again. But Max Johnson, we started him even though he's injured, which I don't know what we're, I don't know what we're doing. You, I instantly knew he was injured when he came on with one of those, you know, those black sleeves we see guys wear a lot yeah. on their shoulders. Came on one on his left arm, and I was like, well, his throwing arms trash and so what's he going to do this game like he's a very good quarterback we've seen him have exceptional performances all year but this this was not it for 146 yards one pick 13 of 21 which isn't terrible but given how well he's been playing the rest of the season you'd expect um a bit better which is why we bought the big boy Nussmeyer on later on in the game well for like a quarter and a half Seven of 12, 103 yards and a touchdown. The touchdown he did throw, I'm literally shocked. Uh, he didn't, he, no, I'm literally shocked he didn't blow um, Malik Neighbor's hands off because it, it was a rocket. Like he just stood there, delivered a strike. Um, then obviously, Tyrion Davis Price had that almost 300 yards last week against Florida and, and this barely managed to crack 50. Corey Kiner. Kid from down the road came on just short of 50 yards. It was just just really tough. We spread the ball around a lot again. Um, a guy who only had four targets, four catches, who we should be seeing a lot more is Jack Besh. Jack Besh is an exceptional player, and he's just not getting used enough. And then, you know, just the defense couldn't stop anything. Matt Corral was... <laughs> At the start of the game, I thought he was going to lead Ole Miss in rushing um, for a little bit. <laughs> Again, but he looked, yeah. He, yeah, he looked good. 18 to 23, 185 yards uh, and a tuddy. And then they had a running tuddy from Ely and from Paris Jr. and Corral. We just had nothing for him all game. 17 to 31. We, we have nothing for them the entire game. And it, it, was, it was a tough game to watch. I admittedly nearly turned it off until we brought Nussmeyer on, and I said, "Well, I've only really seen him in the spring game, so let's let's, let's see how it was." And he, he he breathed a bit of life into the team, but by that point, it was too late. Mm. So, if Max is still hurt, we need to start Garrett next week. That's just how it needs to be. Yeah. Uh, whether he's ready for Alabama or not, pro- probably not. He, he's he's a raw recruit. He's a he's a freshman, but. I would rather him go out. He's he's a slight bloke though. He might get hurt. Never mind. Is what it is. If if Max is hurt, we need to put him. We need we need to keep him out because he's clearly a talent. And then with Walker Howard coming in next year, it's it's going to be mental. It's it's going to be absolutely phenomenal to watch. But um, yeah, next weekend it's Alabama is going to be tough because they are clearly the best team in the nation right now. Well, a bit of good news for you then. It's actually not next week. It's the week after. It's the first oh, weekend of November. So you we get go. a bye week. You maybe get to get Max Johnson back and then you'll, you'll probably still lose. But regardless, you know, you get a little, little rest up period. We, we might score a touchdown. <laughs> so maybe this will bring us on then because obviously LSU 4-4 four four at the minute. 
obviously not going to be ranked in the top five. It's top 10, sorry. I'll give you give you that back because it was actually top 10, wasn't it? They're not even going to be ranked, are they? We could have even no. extended it to that. No. You know, it's not going to happen. Are they going to be bowl even... No, probably not. Like, literally, <laughs> the, I'm, I'm not joking. The um, New Year's Six bowl projections came out and then they did a couple of extra, I think they did like 10 extra bowl projections. LSU was not even mentioned. They don't even see us getting six wins this season. And honestly, mm. we don't fucking deserve six wins. I mean, what's what the rest of the schedule is SEC, isn't it? And then it's uh, UL Monroe as well. So, yeah, we, I think that's look, maybe the only game you're potentially going to win the rest of the way because obviously it's Alabama, Arkansas, LA Monroe, and then Texas A&M as well. So, three teams who have been well, Arkansas and Texas A&M, three teams in the SEC, but two teams that have been a little bit up and down. But obviously, you've not been even up that much. So, we we've had really good games and we've had flashes, but then just not hmm. been able to. To, to, to sustain anything like the, how is it that you against Florida rush for 300 yards but still only win by one score that's it I, that's I mean it. we're missing half the team like the O-line is all backups yeah. Yeah, yeah. the wide receiver core is we're missing two of the best guys we're missing our two best starting corners we're missing safeties linebackers like we are down 20 guys at this point we are playing backups at almost every single position mm-hmm. anyway what well, well, i think we've just taken up miles too much time while the lsu chat people have probably switched off let's let's kick it over to alabama then i think we both watched this game against tennessee yeah man it bryce was, young looks so good doesn't he exactly yeah it was just a bit of a, a dominant performance wasn't it and i actually made a uh, a tweet just as i kind of switched this game on and after i've been watching for maybe a quarter or something like that I'd been watching the Pittsburgh game, which I'll which I'll come on to a little bit later on. And obviously, watching Kenny Pickett, obviously I've got an article coming out on him tomorrow uh, as this podcast comes out, so on Tuesday morning. And everyone's kind of talking about Kenny Pickett as this, you know, potential saviour of the draft class and things like that. And when you look at Bryce Young, although he's not draft eligible, you know, so they're not competing against each other in that regard, the difference is stark. The difference is a level or two. Bryce Young is going to be a superstar. He's going to be a first-round draft pick, you know, unless like some horrendous injury happens or some horrendous loss of form. He's different. Kenny Pickett is not on that level. And it was obvious, you know, after watching Pittsburgh for three hours and then watching Alabama for a quarter, it doesn't take a genius to work out which one's the better quarterback. And Bryce Young is, as I've been saying all season, I think we've both been saying this all season, like I say, he's different, he's poised, he connects the dots with ease, he has got athleticism but doesn't use it, although he did this week because obviously he got a couple of running touchdowns. But he is just, like I say, next level. He's going to be the guy next year, potentially, if he comes out as a junior after next season. You know, And like I said, he's just leading Alabama. There's been no letdown whatsoever. We've kind of put egg on our own faces a couple of times this season saying that we all thought they would have down year and they've absolutely not. You know, we've had one bad loss um, to Sex A&M and a field goal, you know, kind of you know wouldn't happen. The other 99 times you've played that game, you know, another 99 times. But, you know, the talent is there and this team is rolling and when they get into the playoffs, they're going to be a problem. And, and just for the record, I never said Alabama would fall off this season. I thought they were going to be just as <laughs> I good. did. Um, I think a few of us did, but yeah. Bryce Young, I think I said this in group chat yesterday. Does he sort of remind you of Jalen Hurts when he was, he was the starting guy at Alabama? Just sort of the, the confidence he throws the ball with and the way he... He escapes out of the pocket. He he's really cerebral. He really knows what he's doing. 
Um, yeah, in that sense, in that sense, I'll, I'll agree. Um, with the poise, you know, the way he holds himself, he's almost like Jalen Hurts. Like Alabama was like a professional, same at Oklahoma. You know, the way he conducted himself, the way he did his interviews, the way he spoke, the leadership that we heard about, although we don't get to see that sort of thing. Bryce Young, yeah, does look like a chip off that kind of block, really, yeah. Yeah, 400-plus all-purpose yards, two touchdowns through the air, two on the ground. Dude's just... He's the best quarterback in college football right now, and not to smear Kenny Pickett's name, but when you look at some of the guys in this class, and let's compare him to Bryce Young as well. I know he's not draft eligible. Mm, mm. Bryce Young, when you watch him play, it's exciting. He clearly has something. Clearly has that X factor. You see it with Desmond Ritter. You see it kind of with Malik Willis a little bit. They're exciting. They have something about them that makes you think they'll do good on Sundays. Don't see that with Kenny Pickett. Kenny Pickett is an average white quarterback with small hands. I don't <laughs> like any of the hype about him. He's not super athletic. He's just not... I don't think he's a good quarterback. And, and the fact that his hands are so small... He has to wear two gloves. That's a real big problem in the NFL. That That is a... Let's make no bones about it. The balls are a little bit bigger, agreed. But when I am five foot nine and I can hold a football properly and not drop it and he can't... <laughs> uh, yeah, there's, there's too much not to like about Kenny Pickett for me. Uh, but Bryce Young, I love everything he's doing and it pains me as an LSU fan, but... Oh, he's just fun to watch, man. He's, he's, what, probably the most exciting guy in college football right now? Yeah, I mean, like I say, I, I, I mean, we'll come on to Kenny Pickett. And I I have obviously written about this um, over the weekend and things like that. It's coming out tomorrow. I have some of the same reservations that that hand size being briefly mentioned in what I'm going to put out. But it's definitely a problem. And the fact that he wears two gloves is obviously a pretty big sign towards that. But we'll come on to the Pittsburgh game probably next. But yeah, back to Bryce Young. Heisman, trophy winner for me. I mean... I have had a pretty decent record of calling this before the season and during the season over the past few years. I didn't say it before the season for this one, but I'm, I've been saying it since very, very early on in the season. And yeah, like you say, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't go so far to, to, I wouldn't go, sorry, I wouldn't think it's going too far, sorry, to say that he is the best college football quarterback at the moment. I mean, because the draft eligible guys, like you say, they, they don't have it, you know, and yeah. Bryce Young definitely does. What I said before the season in reference to Bryce Young, I was like, I think Alabama have got something really special on their hands. And, yeah. and cl clearly they have. But what I liked about him was that he's an exceptional athlete and he looked really good in like spring training and stuff. And mm. now he's just, he just just gone on to prove it. I think already, I'm not going to call it definitive, but from what we've seen, he's better than Mac Jones. He's better than Tua Tagovailoa, and he is better than Jalen Hurts. I think he's probably the best quarterback they've had in that program in the last 10 years, maybe even more. I'm not trying to disrespect AJ McCarron because he's an, <laughs> he's an incredibly handsome man, but he's not a good quarterback in the league. I think Bryce Young has that X factor. He separates himself from these other guys. And, you know, he could burn out in the pros. We see it all the time with Alabama quarterbacks. But so far from what we've seen, he's clearly the most impressive. Yeah, I mean, obviously, we, we, we kind of had this brought up in the, the group chat yesterday by yourself, and I didn't I wanted to kind of distance myself from it a little bit because he's played eight games, although as impressive as they've been, as, I mean, as a starter, you know, people will be saying he's played a little bit more off the bench and things like that, but he's played eight starts, and as impressive as he's been, he's not actually won a national title yet. I would 
be keen to slow that conversation down a little bit. I think we can have that conversation at the end of the year, potentially. Um, and then obviously going into next year when he will be draft eligible. Um, but yeah, he obviously is really impressive and the, the arrow is definitely pointing up. The trajectory says that he'll probably make that because, like you say, who are the competition? You know, Mac Jones, he's been fine so far in the NFL. Um, Jalen Hurts, probably around the same level, maybe a bit worse, but with a bit worse sporting cast. And two has been pretty dreadful. You know, again, sorry, Andy. Um, and, you know, maybe that's because of the injury, maybe that's because of other things. But then you've got AJ McCarron back to back titles. Although, two, you know, two was great at, at the at Crimson Tide as well. And, you know, the injury maybe blighted his uh, reputation a little bit with the way it ended because he didn't get to kind of play out the rest of the season and the end of the season. But yeah, AJ McCarron back to back BCS titles. And, and, you know, no one's ever done that since. So, for Alabama, I mean. Um, so, yeah, let's let's pump the brakes a little bit on Bryce Young, and maybe we'll revisit it in a in a few weeks' time. It's because him, it, people are excited as well. But like him and CJ Stroud, I know he kind of was a really slow start, but he's been really impressive past couple games. So I think certainly looking at two of those, it might be early to call them, you know, draft talent or whatever. But we've certainly got two quarterbacks to keep an eye on over the next few years, and you know, this is a sincere message because they're both from teams I hate with a burning passion. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, just on CJ Stroud, really, really quickly, and we're going to discuss Ohio State that quickly, that much today. But just really quickly, you can tell how much of a good season he's having because no one's mentioning Quinn Ewers. Yeah, no one's mentioned him since and day one. I don't like Quinn Ewers, and it's not like I don't think he's a good quarterback, but he's been given the Patrick Mahomes treatment. You know what I mean? <laughs> like he throws one sidearm pass in a drill. By the way, not even in a game, just in a drill the media loses their shit and he's one of of these texas they're like religious freaks we've seen the holy kombucha ads they're cringe but he's one of those well-off middle-class white kids who gives himself a haircut like a poor person from a low-income neighborhood <laughs> and he has like cause beer cutoffs but with nine hundred dollar cowboy boots and a million dollars in the bank from selling kombucha i just i i I think he's probably a bit of a prick, if I'm going to be honest. <laughs> Let, uh, let's not go too far. <laughs> yeah, but but like CJ Stroud, they they people need to focus on him right now. Quinn Ewers isn't even eligible to play, I don't think, right now. Um, he might be, um, but he is on campus and he is at games. Mm. But I, I think they need to see what they can do with CJ Stroud. Don't jump the gun. It was, you know what I mean? It was the guy's first few starts playing against absolute powerhouse teams and they lose to a very good Oregon team and Ohio State fans shows how spoiled they've been that a couple bad games and they start throwing their toys out the pram and they we want that 18 year old who's got a million dollars in NIL deals surely nothing could go wrong with him he definitely has grit and determination even though he's never had to fight for anything his entire life keep CJ Stroud out there he has the experience right now he is the better quarterback as of now Red shirt Quinn, see what you can do with CJ over the next two years because he very clearly is an exceptionally talented man. Yeah, he is. And just, you know, just final thing on Ohio State and, and Quinn Ewers. I think even Kyle McCord and Jack Miller, I think his name is the other quarterback, they were getting a few reps and they were getting a few passes on the weekend. So if I don't know if Quinn Ewers was dressed or anything like that or at the game, but he wasn't getting, getting on the field. He's definitely QB4 right now because he's other guys. Well, I, I who are the high recruits as well. You know, they're getting reps and, and seeing the field. 
I told you they got a problem with Ohio State. They've got too many good quarterbacks in that room. Mm. Um, yeah. yeah. But when you've got guys who potentially aren't getting snaps, like Quinn Ewers, and the fan base is screaming their name out, what happens if he comes on and flops and CJ Stroud's like, nah, screw this program. You didn't believe me. I'm going to go play for another Power 5 team that needs me. And what if the other guys are like, why are you starting this unproven, untested guy when I've been here? I've put in the work. They could have just as easily lose all these good quarterbacks as quickly as they got. Yeah, no, that's a fair point. It's definitely a fair point. Um, but yeah, we'll kind of leave that there. We weren't really going to discuss Ohio State. It wasn't on the sheet, but yeah, we'll yeah. kind of leave that for another day. <laughs> um, let's switch over to another team who's really struggling at quarterback, and that's Clemson. Obviously, you know, we've played Pitt, and uh, obviously Pitt ran out pretty comfortable winners, really, with Kenny Pickett throwing for 300 yards and a couple of touchdowns, looking really, really comfortable, actually. And it's probably, his, you know, one of his best games um, as a Panther. Um, like I said, I've been watching a lot of him, relatively impressed with, how, with the kind of, the the player that I saw in 2019, because I've covered a, a couple of years, back to 2019 to this year, over those three seasons, the games that I've seen from those seasons, the, the, the progress he's made is pretty stark and it's pretty good, you know, how he's managed to kind of click and move his game up another level. But yeah, there's obviously some holes in his game as well, but I'm not going to ruin my own article and kind of talk too much about that right now. But Clemson, man, like I say, struggling. Their Young best quarterback's been their punter. <laughs> what do you mean, guys? You're supposed to be like this blue chip prospect getting, you know, sort of team. You've got DJ Oyugalele, or however you pronounce it. I don't want to butcher it. He can't play. He's, he's been him. really, really bad, man. Like, I know we, we, we mentioned it last year on the pod. With How is he a top game, recruit? The game that he, that he had against Notre Dame, when he, he, he looked really good and we were all speaking. 400 you know, about, yards. That. You know, but this guy who's playing right now just looks like a shadow of that person. He, he like say, can't out, play. Who also couldn't play. You imagine yeah. you're so bad, you get benched after being brought on in relief of a guy who was so bad he got benched. What do you mean? <laughs> I am not. I am not joking. That's like Dabo, a terrible like Russian doll kind of thing, isn't it? Yeah, it's literally a Russian doll of just mediocrity. Every time you open it, the quarterback just gets more and more average. And I'm not joking. Their punter has made the best passes this season. Start him. <laughs> what does? Just sack off these two. High New York Jets and... started a punter for two games. They won both games. They started <laughs> a punter at quarterback. Do it. Why not? Kid's clearly got an arm. It's clearly fairly accurate. I would do that. <laughs> DJ... it, can't, it can't get much worse because Clemson, I put out a tweet that they just look average. They look like a normal program. Like switch out these uniforms and they are just another bunch of guys at the minute. This is 2000 and what? 2008 Clemson? Before they were really worth a toss, before Dabo basically, and yeah, he's not on the hot seat. He no, he'd no, have no. to go like one and eleven this year or whatever to 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 lose his job. But yeah. why why at this point are you not exploring all available options? Why are you not saying, "Hey, did you play in high school?" Okay, cool. Let let's start you. The punter, he's been doing good. Cool. Let's start him. Why not? Like, why wouldn't you just explore every available option? If your punter is going to come in at quarterback and not turn the ball over five, six times a game, then he's clearly a better option. Well, to be fair, younger ladies, uh, 
interceptions, one wasn't his fault, I don't think, and one one was pretty terrible. You know, I think the the problem for Clemson is that they just don't have enough talent elsewhere. Like they don't have a running back, they don't have any wide receivers. You know, Justin Ross is not the same Justin Ross we saw a couple of years ago. It's because he's doing it all by himself. Well, to be fair, like is he that good anyway? Now I don't know. I mean, I was never a massive, massive fan of him anyway. He, he's honest, made but... some highlight real plays this year so yeah, far. He's made yeah. some exceptional plays. I, I think he's probably the most talented person on the entire roster. If I'm going to be honest with you, well, I'm not 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 on the defense. It's not. They've got some good players on the defense. Like obviously got Andrew Booth. Oh uh, yeah. We've got, I, I no, he's not he playing exists. at the minute because obviously he's got, uh, I think he's got an Achilles injury with Brian Brise on the defensive line. So yeah, maybe on the offense, but not on the defense. But, you know, like I say, this Clemson team is, is just bang average at the minute and they're not going anywhere at the minute. They need to start again. Not at the coaching staff, as you mentioned, they've got too much credit in the bank. Maybe a refresher coordinator, Tony Elliott's probably not looking uh, too hot. In oh, he's of... gone. He's gone. There's no shot he's there next season. Yeah, and obviously, you know, this is like, a few months removed after he was having NFL interest last last off season, so yeah, that's the, the stock has the stock has dropped significantly. It'll be, it'll be a it'll be a Sunbelt coordinator or something next year. He'll go to a team with like uh, he needs a, to repair or, his reputation, doesn't he? A transfer port, or he could do what Sark did and go work with Saban for a year because that seems to be the the you know you know I make jokes about if you have lunch with Sean McVay, you get an NFL head coaching job. Look at Cliff Kingsbury, but. <laughs> It seems like you go to Saban and you do like a one-year rehab as like an offensive quality control expert or an offensive coordinator, then you come back in a year just completely revitalised and ready to run a programme. Yeah, that's a fair point. That's a fair point. That's a fair point. But yeah, I mean, it's like I say, they need a bit of refreshing. That staff's been together a long time. Maybe it's the perfect storm of bad talent on the field and maybe just going a bit stale off it. So yeah, Clemson probably back. Uh, but it's nice to have the ACC open for business, isn't it, really? And just have different teams that are going to play in that, that championship game. You know, Pitt, it's, it's exciting, for it's sure. Good. I like it. Because last year we kind of thought maybe that it was going to be like that with Notre Dame, as much mm, as they're yeah, yeah. an annoying team. You know, they, <laughs> they toppled Clemson last year, so. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's kind of been nice because obviously we were all, well, I was talking about UNC, about Miami, challenging Clemson but it's actually turned out to be completely different teams which has been kind of different because obviously the ACC has basically just been Clemson plus one in the championship game hasn't it all the, all the time so it's been nice to have that kind of refreshing, refreshed feel to that and obviously seeing Wake Forest do so well is kind of cool as well It's nice that the top four isn't Clemson, Bama, Oklahoma yeah. and then whatever team has been good in the SEC that year Yeah absolutely I mean because we did have a little bit of that before last season, didn't we? Because last season was kind of refreshing because we kind of had every kind of underdog having their day in the sun kind of thing. And then uh, we had obviously this season where it's been a little bit different as well. So it's been kind of refreshing from that sort of sense in terms of college football this season, I think. And that's been, it's been nice. It's nice to see different teams at the top and obviously Cincinnati, which we'll, which we'll come on to in a minute. Yeah, number two team in the nation. In fact, let's just, let's just go straight into it because, you know, Cincinnati, number two team in the nation still. But... Struggled against Navy on the weekend, right? Didn't play yeah, well at all. It's you, you, I, I don't know if you've noticed it, but you know what their biggest problem is right now? It's that Desmond Ritter is just the slowest starter I've ever seen. Yeah. I don't know what think, it is. Yeah. He just yeah. can't get going until like the second quarter, it feels like. 
Sometimes he posted a very average stat line, 18 of 30, 176 yards, two tuddies and a pick. Jerome Ford was just going off again, though, like ridiculous. Becoming a star, right? Yeah, he's fantastic. And uh, Alec Pierce as well. I really, really like him. Absolute beast of a man, six foot three. Although I I don't want to do what everyone says when they hear about a white wide receiver and they say he's a hardworking lunch pail guy. You know, blue collar receiver. He he's genuinely a very athletic young man. Um, he is. He is. And he, is. he he should be getting some attention as a legitimate prospect in the draft, not day one or day two, but definitely in those later rounds. There, he could definitely be a a solid pickup for some teams um, when it comes along to it. But the two stars of the show, really, as good as Desmond Ritter is, and as much as he has that X factor, and as much as he is a super exciting quarterback. The two people we should be talking about are Kobe Bryant and Sauce Gardner. Really, they're just yeah, they're a good, they're a great pairing, aren't they? Sauce Gardner's not given up a touchdown. Yeah, yeah. Bryant's I think that some says plays enough. as well, man. You know, Sauce has obviously probably got this reputation now where teams probably aren't testing him as much, which is maybe contributing to the fact that he hasn't given up a touchdown because he's not being tested as much, maybe a little bit. But then Kobe Bryant on the other side is coming up with plays, he's coming up with interceptions, he's coming up with big plays, and they're playing complementary football on the back end. And it's it's great to see. And it's probably been one of the biggest reasons why Cincinnati are number two and are still unbeaten, right? Because they've played games where they could have lost if they'd not played and made plays, you know, to the optimum level. But they've done it, and that's why they're up there and that's why they're unbeaten. I think they're the only cornerback tandem as well, named together in the Jim Thorpe Award short uh, fight shortlist. Okay, yeah, you put that out to us, didn't you, earlier on? Yeah. Um, yeah, they're just both exceptional players. Source is clearly head and shoulders above Kobe, but don't count him out. That's how, that's just how good Source is. I think in many cases, due to an unfortunate injury to a man who I will not name, Source could be looked at as cornerback one in this class. I don't think there's I don't think anyone would poo-poo that. I've certainly dismissed the idea before but the more more and more that's putting it lightly I think (laughs) but the more and more I watch him the better he looks and I know this was not a good game for Cincinnati against Navy but they won they did that's what matters at the end of the day they they've looked better against bigger teams like Notre Dame and I don't know what it is because it's not like Navy have like a really impressive quarterback or run game or whatever they're a service school at the end of the day we know they're just going to run triple option yeah um but yeah they looked like they struggled but they won out and that's what matters and i think you can't discount this win because it's a win that separates the good teams from the bad teams it was a scrappy win but it was still a win alabama clemson ohio state these teams prove that it doesn't matter how you get a win as long as you get the win that's what matters. Yeah, no, I definitely, definitely uh, sort of agree with that. What, what's your kind of reply? Obviously, we, uh, full thing as we put out a AP top twenty-five or our no, no, say that back. We put out our top twenty-five, not an AP top twenty-five. We put out our top twenty-five every week. We put it out on Sunday, and I post it out there, and we get some comments every week. And without fail, there is at least a couple of people that mention, "Oh, why have you got Cincinnati so high? Why have you got Cincinnati so high?" Because they're good. Because they're very good. What's your people, response? Obviously, you watch them more than me. You're close to the team. And people the, who say that area. shit, people who say shit like that just don't watch Cincinnati. They, or, <laughs> or they just watch box scores and then they've never heard of the 
American conference. Like that's how it must seem. And I won't name names, but there was a particularly grumpy bastard on Twitter who swears blind that Cincinnati are not a good team just because of this performance against Navy. Yeah, he'll and still... They, they, they don't play anyone because they're in the American. and That's the usual kind of... Yeah, but this dude's still holding out hope for Clemson, just for the record. So I wouldn't trust his <laughs> opinion when it comes to college football. Just Cincinnati are, are, are a good team. You can't ignore it. Luke Fickle has said, I am building a program, not a team. Mm, yeah, and yeah. No matter what, how you think that sounds, as just him poo-pooing a job offer, every single player in that locker room heard that. From the Desmond Ritter all the way down to like a walk-on kicker. Every single player heard that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, it's one of the reasons probably why teams like LSU aren't going after it, you know, and aren't offering him the head coach job because they'll know he's going to turn it down. Marcus Freeman will probably be back next year. I'll be honest with you. We'll Bear in mind, he, he is the Notre Dame defensive coordinator. He still mm-hmm. lives in Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. Doesn't that tell you something? That, that he'd rather drive that South Bend isn't two, three that hours far away. to South Bend. <laughs> it doesn't. Isn't that far away? He didn't want to move his house. Maybe he's got kids and things like that. Maybe in the school, things like that. I don't know. Still, a couple hours away. I know that's not much in <laughs> that's America. That's not very far in America. But, let's be but, but it, it it shows something that he didn't uproot everything see, right? and move into India. He likes spaghetti so, with, yeah. with chili on top and stuff oh, like that. I don't. I hate that. I hate <laughs> I hate Skyland. But Queen Queen City is a beautiful city. Yeah, absolutely. Um obviously, you know, in terms of the schedule though, they've not played any big hitters, just playing devil's advocate. You know, does that make a difference? And I guess the only big hitter left is when they play SMU in the in about a month's time. And obviously that's the two top teams in the American playing off against each other. Probably a couple of weeks before, well, three or four weeks before they, they do it all again in the, the championship game. Let's be honest, though. They've beat Indiana, who are not a terrible reasonable. team. Yeah, They're reasonable not team. great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, beat, they beat Notre Dame. Yep. They, they beat them pretty comfortably as well. Beat both beat, of those teams pretty comfortably. They beat the piss out of UCF. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then SMU's the only real... I don't want to say fret because obviously teams like Tulane and stuff can very much take games to the wire. We've seen that this season. They, if, look, if they don't make the college football playoffs and they still win out the rest of their schedule, there's fuckery afoot. I'm telling you. <laughs> I am yeah, there absolutely you. is. There absolutely is. I mean, looking at the rankings as they stand right, right now, obviously it's Georgia 1, Cincinnati 2, Alabama 3, Oklahoma 4, Ohio State Five, Michigan six. Oregon probably not going to make it. Michigan are undefeated. What is happening? Yeah, I know, right? I know, I know. I was even shouting right now, winners call uh, Wait, this morning. Imagine they beat Ohio State, right? Bear in well, mind, this, the la- this kind the of last, comes on to what I was going to mention. Last two quarterbacks have been legends. Denard Robinson and Tom Brady. The last two... Mm quarterbacks of note shows how dominant Ohio State have to been beat Ohio Brady. State <laughs> now list. imagine they win with milk toast look white boy whatever the hell his name <laughs> is just the most average looking he's six McNamara, foot, by the way <laughs> six foot two skinny what you see in Friday night light style quarterback you know what I mean just just averageness He's he's he, not he, even a good passer. You know they're they're predicated on the run game, aren't they? With Corum and Hassan Haskins as well. So well, to be honest, 
when Shoelace was the quarterback there, he was a running threat more than he was a passing threat. He when he went to the NFL, he became a running back. So. Yeah, true, true, true. But what I was going to come on to say was obviously, you know, in that top six, there are going to be maybe one unbeaten team that misses out. You know, and are they then going to, like you say, obviously we bent the rules, or they bent the rules last year to get Ohio State in. You know, if they have a one-loss record, win the Big Ten, you know, they've got to go through Michigan, they've also got to go through Penn State, they've got to go through Michigan State as well, starting this weekend. You know, that, that little foursome that are all playing each other, that begins this weekend. Do you think that they'd, they'd have the bottle to keep Cincinnati in and, and boot Ohio State out, or keep Ohio State out with one loss? I mean, I guess they've got that excuse because they lost to Oregon, but it is a good loss because obviously it's Oregon. I Ohio State have a lot of money and a lot of influence. <laughs> I'm not going right? to say anything, but the influence is very important. Well, and just think because the they're ticket have... sales are very important to the NCAA. TV ratings are very important to them. If they think. Uh, a two-loss Ohio State. No, no, it'd be one. It'd be one, won't it? It'd be one. They can't get in with two. But if they've beaten a, a ranked Michigan, a ranked Michigan State, a no, ranked no, that, probably that's just what about I'm saying. State. If they lose another game and still get in, yeah, okay. like it, yeah. like if they come in as a two-loss and Cincinnati's undefeated, you know what I mean? Like you could see that happening because they'd be yeah. like, oh, we'll, we'll make more Maybe money on, on I don't the know TV game. I think that they could. I think they could make excuses for themselves to keep a one-loss Oregon, uh, one-loss Ohio State team when their loss is Oregon. You know, but who also, might be ranked seven. Is it, is it going like to really themselves. matter if Cincinnati come in at four and then have to play Alabama? Georgia. Or Georgia. <laughs> yeah. Which, by the way, stupidest way ever to do the playoffs, making one play four and two play three. It's ridiculous. It's just Why? slanted for the number one team in the country. That's what you, you earn, though, isn't it? You earn that right. I don't give, no, you earn the right to be in the playoffs. So what would you have it, it, it be like there. a draw? Yeah, random. Nah, it's it's fine. I don't like Especially it. with the uh, the expanded playoffs potentially coming. If it's That'll what? become a bracket though, won't it? That'll just become a bracket, just like March Madness. That that it should be a random draw. That's what I'm saying. I like the they won't excitement. That, that's a very British thing. Well, no, like the FA Cup no, because like that. That, that hurts the big teams because well, they yeah, might actually have America, to play though, a that might actually have to play a tough game. Um <laughs> but yeah, Cincinnati have done everything right this year. And if they don't make it to the college football playoffs and are undefeated, you're going to see hell. This city right now is on a high. Bearcats are winning. Bengals are winning. The Reds suck, but it is what it is. They they are high on football right now. Also, FCC suck. You, yeah, they're just terrible. But like the two football teams here right now are winning a lot. They've beaten Baltimore. They've beaten Notre Dame. They went to the wire with Green Bay. They're, they're, they're coming up against UCF and SMU soon. Yeah, you can't but, ignore them anymore. This so city what, so what do you reckon then? A one, a one loss Ohio State team, not from your point of view, from the point of view of the committee. One loss you Ohio think... State team is better than an undefeated Cincinnati Bengals TV ratings. Cincinnati Bearcats. Yeah, I'm yeah. telling you that right now. So you think they get, they, they think you think that they would put Ohio State in? Unless Ohio, uh, unless Cincinnati keeps doing what they're doing by just running up the score, because I, do, right? yeah, yeah. I, I said this to uh, Strawberry Ice last week. I said, "You guys are essentially playing in junior college rankings right now. They are yeah, ranking you. Comparison. They are ranking you on a point spread. 
You need to, I don't give a shit whose feelings you hurt. Run that bitch up every single game. If you can put 50 points up, do it. No mercy. Do it. Yeah, that's a good point. It's a really good comparison, actually, as well. Because then they can't ignore you. If you make that much noise every single game, they can't say no. And I'm sure that a nice alliance will form with UCF if they don't get in. <laughs> after there, there will be rage, <laughs> especially because it will be to their in-state rivals, neighbours, etc. Yeah. Well. So yeah, no, we'll, we'll wait to see for that. But I think you're right. I think you're on something there that there will be some score duggery going on if uh, if that doesn't go the way of Cincinnati. I will kick up a large fuss. And I, <laughs> well, I mean, like I say, and more so than me, I think the entire city will. Yeah, there, there yeah. will be, there will be things said, things <laughs> will happen, and the NCAA. Will... Yeah, yeah, no, definitely, yeah. and I completely agree. It's it's one of those though where obviously Ohio State still have to run a pretty decent gauntlet, you know, starting with Penn State this this coming week, and then they've got Michigan and Michigan State to play as well, so they. Are they liable to lose one of those games? Probably. And then it solves all the problems. It? As long as Cincinnati can can kind of hold up their end of the bargain, let's say, and kind of win out. And then it makes it simple, simple decision. Unless Michigan are then an unbeaten <laughs> Big Ten champion. <laughs> yeah, mate. You, and that then comes with a story of, uh... right, of, of like, them like, you know, being a storied program who then make it back and they're like, oh my God, we're back kind of thing. And I don't know. They're about as back as Texas. They're, well, they that's, are... that's true. Yeah. They're not, look, they do this. It's what we said about Iowa. Everyone gets really excited because they do really good and they start out like 6-0, and 7-0, and and then they finish 9-5. and I think Iowa, I think Iowa win the Big Ten. The best thing about Iowa is the wave. That's the only reason people care about that team. <laughs> it's not. Iowa, Iowa win the Big Ten. I, I'm going to call it now because I don't think Ohio State will get to the Big Ten championship. And I think that Iowa will beat Penn State Michigan or Michigan State. That's how I think it'll go down. Because Ohio State will win, will lose, sorry, at least one of those games. And Min- Minnes- we'll not Minnesota ain't got a chance anymore. They lost to BG. Game over for them. Just yeah, pack up yeah, the yeah. program and go home. <laughs> Although it's good news for you and your family, of course. But uh, my, my girlfriend's happy, but yeah, that's what I mean. Bit of a hollow victory when, you know, you're going to lose the rest of the season. <laughs> very, very true. Anyway, we'll wrap it up. And just before we do that, let's just have a little look at next week and the schedule for next week. Obviously, LSU not playing next week at all. Thank no God. Week Thank off God. Week. What's, what, what are you going to be doing on uh, on Saturday afternoon then for yourself? I will go sit in the hot tub. Are you not going to be watching any football? This week? I, will wa- I, will, I will probably watch some in the hot tub, but I will not be actively watching college football this Saturday. Okay. I, okay. I I need a break. It's it's my birthday Monday, and Sunday I is Sunday what is Sunday the twenty eighth Saturday the twenty eighth sorry Saturday is not the twenty eighth Saturday is the thirtieth. Okay, so the day before that we are going to a drag show, so okay. I will probably wake up still in my French maid's <laughs> outfit, very hungover. So Fantastic. I will not be I will not be actively watching college football Saturday. <laughs> I will keep an eye on the group chat and I'll probably flick between highlights, but you will not hear from me next Monday. Cool. I mean that kind of ruins what I was going to come on to. And which game are you looking forward to? But I'll kind of just go through the, the top games. <laughs> Alabama. <laughs> Alabama not playing, you're playing them next. 
you're playing oh. the next in a couple of weeks. You've both got a bye week. So we've obviously got the, the Big Ten all playing each other. The top teams of the Big Ten, it's Michigan versus Michigan State. So that's six, number six versus number eight. We've also got Ohio State playing Penn State as well. So this all little sort of quadrangle of, of Big Ten. Okay, there's two games I, there's two games I'm actually excited for now. Okay, you go ahead. Go on. No, those two. Okay, That's what I'm fine. saying, yeah. Those, are, those <laughs> right. sound like two really good games. Yeah, I mean, Big Ten football, lots of running, but yeah, no, it should be good. Obviously, you've got Georgia versus Florida as well. I'm sure you'll be watching that hate in both teams. <laughs> and obviously, if you want other Big Ten football to kind of continue Iowa wrapping up the other side of the Big Ten, you've got Iowa-Wisconsin, which is going to be about four yards of passing in that game. So probably not one that UK fans are going to be tuned in too much. And then you've got Notre Dame-UNC, which should be relatively decent as well um, you know we've quite a few draftable players on show maybe not Kyle Hamilton though because he suffered an injury on the weekend but you know maybe a, a chance for Sam Powell to kind of resurrect what he did last year when he kind of dropped the ball against uh, Notre Dame when they you know UNC think, could have made it think, think drop the ball is generous yeah 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 <laughs> yeah but you know you have to be kind to some people don't you because you you know you bring the you fire are, you are far kind. too you're far too <laughs> diplomatic that's what I'm here for. That's why I host. But yeah, no, plenty of plenty of good games, you know, to, to come and uh, be chatting about next week. You'll probably not be here since you're not watching any of it. But um, tell us um, before you before we get out of here, tell us what you're going to be doing uh, in terms of any writing or anything else that you you've kind of been putting together and things like that. Yeah, through my daily uh, ritual of writing paragraphs of hate about Spencer Rattler, I came up with the idea to talk about a potential. You know, with the NFL trade deadline looming up, where who are some potential guys in college football who would benefit from a trade right now? Spencer Rattler is obviously the the, the guy that's going to be the main focus of this article, but we will hear there will be some other names thrown in there. Awesome. Yeah, that sounds good. Obviously, NFL trade deadline, and we'll, we'll leave this to the NFL team to discuss what the 2nd of November, so next Tuesday. And it's not it, it's not going to be guys who are not even receiving snaps, but maybe guys who would benefit from a bump up in competition. Hmm, interesting. I like it. I like the sound of it. Um, in terms of from me, I've got my Kenny Pickett, Kenny Pickett article coming out. Uh, well, it'll be out now if you're hearing this. It'll be out already. So go over to the website, fullsendyards.com. Go over and have a look at it. It's pretty detailed. Um, I think I've been pretty fair. I will not be the biggest um, kind of supporter. I won't get the biggest amount of support, should I say from people who are pumping up Kenny Pickett and wanting to be drafted first overall or first in draft, because that's not the way it's gone. But nonetheless, go Until over. he can do this, he's not a, he's not a first-round pick. <laughs> Just for the, the purpose of God, obviously, it's an audio medium that you'll be hearing it in Kieran. Oh, yeah, sorry. Downwards and shaking it about because he can hold the football. Um, and, yeah, obviously, we've got the usual kind of staple. I'm sure we'll have some scouting notes from Keith coming up this week. We've got winners and losers that came out today, Monday, or yesterday as you're hearing it. Go over to the website and I'll have a look at that from last week's or last weekend's college football. And obviously we'll be previewing the TV games as well as they come thick and fast into week nine. Mate, it's week nine. We're, we're well in the well in the season now, aren't we? <laughs> I, I said it last night on my Sky Sports wrap-up. Where's the time gone? Yeah, it flies by, doesn't it? Flies by. Thankfully, we've still got at least two and a half months left to go of college football. Touch more of NFL as well. But yeah, we'll get into draft season. And obviously, you know, that means, uh, you know, scouting podcast, draft guide, things like that. So keep your eyes peeled. But that is, like I say, for a couple months' time. But yeah, we'll leave it there. Thanks for listening. We've been the Fulton Yards College Football Podcast, and we'll see you next time. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Fulton Yards. Thank you.
thank you for tuning into the Full 10 Yards College Football Podcast. We have great information and some great content for you guys. Keep on flying that flag.